It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome in. We are into the new year, past the halfway point of the high school basketball season, and Mike and I just finished up the gauntlet of holiday tournament time. Mike's new infatuation with Chuck Dayton holiday tournament and decalb. Maybe we'll get some more thoughts from Mike on that. How about that, Mike? Uh, we do, we will for sure. Hey, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'll go right in because we might not have time at the end. Um, <laughs> I guess listeners, this probably know DeKalb wasn't in the Sun-Times coverage area until, uh, what has it been now, four years or something? Um, maybe longer. I think COVID ruined <laughs> my sense of time. Four or five, six years, whatever, since they joined the DVC. So I'd never been there. And uh, I showed up at 9.30 a.m. on, what was that, the 27th? Um, 9 a.m., whatever, for Plainfield East against uh, Naperville Central. Walked into the gym and my jaw dropped. I absolutely loved it. Um, fantastic place to watch a game. I'll definitely be back this season uh, to see an actual home game. Uh, it was funny at halftime, they played for me the intro that they do for a normal home game because they wanted me to see it at halftime. <laughs> yeah, of that game. <laughs> yeah. What, what were the fans thinking? Just, uh... <laughs> well, you know, the 20 people there didn't seem to mind. So yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, so I didn't get to see much of a crowd because it was obviously, you know, it was 9 a.m. on the first day. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, you can tell when people care about something and, you know, they, they, the people running it obviously cared about it. As I was walking out to try to head to wheeling right after the game, a guy ran me down out in the hallway to give me the stat sheet on paper. <laughs> When's the last time you got a paper stat sheet anywhere but Pontiac? Um, so yeah, I had a really nice time there. It, it was a fun tournament. It was a good game too that I saw. I liked playing Field East. Uh, they have an interesting big and a good junior guard and a kid from Naperville Central. Oh, I loved that. That kid who scored the 40. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's fun to watch. I'll be around again uh, <laughs> to see him. He was like, I can't pronounce his name. I got to figure a lot that out. A <laughs> lot of DVC hoops coverage from Mike coming up. There uh, was. Who knew? But yeah, I had a great time at Dayton. And it was a good day. You know, I hit a bunch of tournaments. Um, we're going to try oh, and hit some of those later. Um, yeah, it's a good gym. It's a good place. I mean, I, I've been there before, obviously. But, um, you know, what I've noticed, too, in holiday tournaments, Mike, was just overall, you know, as everything is kind of substandard since COVID, like my drive-through experiences of getting food or my restaurant experiences or workers being back, whatever holiday tournaments. Hey, you guys have spruced back up. You're right back running full throttle. And I, I really was impressed with, you know, Pontiac, Mike and I have talked and written a lot about a ton about it. And it still remains the, the, the standard, you know, it, it, it's just no question about it, but I continue to be impressed with the, the small strides that they're making at Jack Tosh at York in the positive direction. Um, I have continued to go to State Farm and Bloomington Normal, and I thoroughly enjoy it. it. It's a different vibe, a different environment, a different setup. I usually don't like multiple sites. I usually hate that kind of thing. And yet somehow they kind of, I think because their number one site at Illinois Wesleyan, the Shirk Center is is so ideal uh that and it's it's such a really great environment to to watch when that place has some people in it which i'll talk a little bit about later but 
so yeah, I mean, I, I just felt like the holiday tournaments um, were, were were right back and and better than ever uh, from my yeah. from what I took in. I mean, what a successful week! Big crowds everywhere. The Dipper yes. had sellouts. I mean, it really felt like things came back. And uh, well, I guess Provide the West even had a media table again. You know, at least at the the days I was there, so that that was a big help to a lot of people. So everybody kind of took a nice step in the right direction. Yeah, um, I mean that that little. I mean, I had a twenty four hour period, Mike. I was in Bloomington Normal for a full get now granted there was two locals bloomington central catholic and normal U high but the shirk center was full and loud and, and a great environment and then i drove i stayed all night down there got up to go to the your typical pontiac semi-final you know just experience that you get there with the nice crowds and uh energy that you get and then i drove to, to york that night and boom that place was if not full it was almost full and yeah, so it, crowd, yeah. it, it, it was fantastic uh, let's start it off with Proviso West, which had nice crowds the last two nights. Um, wasn't so great that first day when I was there. I guess, Joe, we got to say that we I'll give you a chance here. But I think despite what you said last episode, I think we have a new player of the year candidate. Yeah, he's put himself in the right? in the picture. <laughs> I mean, with, with with big wins and 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 numbers to back it up. And Daniel Johnson, the MVP of the provides the West holiday tournament. And, you know, I keep repeating it in tweets and articles and because it needs to be said that he's the best unsigned senior in Illinois, you know, I, and I, you know, as somebody who watches the players, not just the high school basketball season, but through the spring and summer, um, it is, uh, if you hear the emergency alarm system in my background on Tuesday morning here, uh, if it pops in Mike and the I do not, audio, yeah. okay. There's a big siren, okay? big, big <laughs> siren going off outside. Right. So anyway, um, I just to see the progression of him, of him as a player and the confidence level he's playing with didn't have a great summer. And that's kind of why he's uncommitted because he didn't have that, that super consistent productive summer, but from the right out of the box, he has been a player who has consistently put up numbers and I'm getting more traction with college coaches and checking in. And so his time's coming with that in that, in that regard. And that's why for those, I mean, we all knew young was going to be good, you know, top five team, but I think you even wrote it as well this last week, Daniel Johnson's become a star and that's why they've kind of surpassed anybody's expectations already. I think yeah. And, and just staying with the tournament champion, you know, I think we have all gotten in the habit of, I don't know. I, Young just every time you got a question about them or they've piled up, not piled up, but, you know, added a couple of losses, usually out of state, they do become the forgotten team somewhat. You know, they come to Proviso West locally here and not just they didn't just get that one big win over Kenwood, which obviously was a rematch and a, a, a game they lost to earlier. But I mean, that's a that's a pretty big monumental back-to-back uh, -back days where you beat St. Rita and Kenwood and in, in, in that fashion. So, it, you know, with the stakes were raised and, and high-profile games, big crowds, here Young is right back to being a city and state title contender again in Class 4A. Yeah, and I think Hammond Central looked pretty good. Uh, um, I think Young had the hardest road to the title all the way through, and they won it. I think the other factor, other than Daniel Johnson's kind of emergence as a star, one of the big questions we had was rebounding and size because Young didn't seem to have a lot of that. And Antonio Munoz has really stepped up where, you know, he's not putting up 20-point games or anything, 
and not, there's not a lot of people talking about him, but he's getting a low double double regularly. And that's exactly what that team needs. I'm not sure if that's the type of player he's going to be in his future going forward, but he's doing exactly what that team needs, which is that 12 points, you know, nine or 10 rebounds a night. Um, so everything, things really couldn't have worked out better for young. It seems at this point in the year, everybody's kind of doing, uh, exactly what they need flip side. What do we do? What do we say about St. Rita, Joe? Well, I I mean, that game in particular, I think we both, I can't remember. We uh, specifically talked about in the pre podcast, pre tournament podcast, just how those two teams, St. Rita and young, you know, in different ways needed to kind of win that game. (laughs) And and I just, I felt, I I knew, I thought it was gonna be a really close game, uh, flip of the coin, but I thought St. Rita was going to win. I I thought they were due and they were going to come up with the, a big win. Uh, It just, I was at the game, it didn't materialize. They got down big. They were down double digits and I think 16 at one point. And, and it probably, you know, over the course of the 32 minutes, it wasn't as close of a game as the final score indicated, but I don't know. You know, I, I, I talked to actually talked to Roshan Russell yesterday and, and we talked briefly about it and he doesn't, you know, I, I think he's clearly believes that they should be a little bit further along than they are, but he's also not worried about it. Um, and, and, I, and I get that. I mean, you, you know, Nobody knows their team more than their coach yep. and you know, what he's seeing on a day-to-day basis, how they're reacting to losses, how they, all of that stuff we, we don't see um, chemistry, all that to a degree we can see on the floor. But my point is just that there is time. I keep saying that with, with St. Rita, there's two months of a lot of basketball to be played. And I think more so than maybe anybody, because what I, I think we all see it every year teams that are playing extremely well. And no matter if it's major league baseball, NCAA tournament, it doesn't matter. It was playing the best basketball at the end of the year. Uh, that's what you want. But even the teams that maybe aren't quite clicking at the end of the year, usually they have something that they can like a memory of, you know what? We did this. We've accomplished that. We've, we know what we can capable of. And that's why my fear is of St. Rita. <laughs> You know, I mean, it'd be fine to be playing that last week and playing well, but if they're not, I mean, where's that stretch? Where's that? They need that run as a team to kind of build off of and and have it as a fallback when state tournament time rises or or these tough moments rise up in sectional basketball. And so that's where I'm anxious because it's not like I sat there and saw St. Rita lose to Whitney Young and said, you know what? They played a great game and just they just fell short. That's the St. Rita team. They didn't. You know, they they weren't great. Um, I, I've seen some progression of, of this guy and that guy, but uh, I, I guess the bottom line is there, there's time left. Yeah. Um, I think we'll address that a little bit at Pontiac as well. But I want to uh, – Kenwood, you know, Day Day Ames scored his, what was it, 65, 64, had the big one. I know you wrote a lot about that. I, I know for most people it was just a whole kind of head shake and what is Southland Prep doing in the Proviso West tournament and what went on with that. So I don't know. Bad look. I mean, it was a bad yeah. look. But, yeah. um, I, you know, I I saw Kenwood just <laughs> beat the tar on Proviso East, Mike. I, I It was as quick of a dismantling. I'm not saying Proviso East is a 
a juggernaut, but they're they're a decent quality team. I think they were were they ranked last week. They've been ranked all year. I mean, they gave so, at this point still its closest game. Other yeah, than- <laughs> yeah. I but it was as quick of a dismantling as I've seen in a game. I mean, it was thirty-five to five after one quarter, and before Mike Irvin could even go to the bench. Really, I, it was just bam. Yeah, uh, which is what we've learned about Kenwood. All you got to do is look at these scores. Young has dictated pace. Yeah, and I I wrote about this in the in, yeah. the, in the wrap up is is if you're going to first of all, the first thing is you got to take care of the ball. You can't have turnovers. Southland probably had a lot of turnovers. Uh, but Proviso oh, East, you know, Proviso East, they, you know, whether they were trying to dictate tempo, they didn't appear to be, but uh, you, you just can't play that way with them. Uh, their, their depth, their athleticism, their speed, all of it, and and, the, and their style, what they feed off of. Kenwood's going to roll you if, if you play that way uh, or or can't manage the turnovers. Surprise, Louise came back and beat St. Rita in a third place game that has become the most talked about. This is also another reason to hate consolation games. There has been more discussion of that stupid third place game than any other game in the holidays. I, I, but see, Mike, you and I, that's where you and I will disagree. We, 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 you have, I know you have a passion and infatuation with the, and I get it. You hate consolation games. We've heard it. It's kind of fun to talk about. Uh, to, well, to, do you to, want to rank Proviso East ahead of St. Rita? No, but I wouldn't. There's no reason to. And that's if they, all anybody's if, talking if the, about. The, that's just that's 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 stupid. Yeah. Um. But I. But that's just like if the unranked team in college basketball beats like Rutgers beat Purdue last night. Is Rutgers going to be? I, I mean, regardless if it's a consolation game or not. But I. I don't. You know what, Mike? I. I, I just the consolation games. I've seen enough, and I've watched where I can tell that they matter to the players. Hey, if it's, if it's a team that chooses, you know what, this isn't important to me, then that's the shame on them. That's on them. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, if there's teams that show up and want to compete and play, you know, I mean, I mean, there, you can't tell me that the team that I just don't want to be involved in guessing who's into something and who isn't or well, worried about I, it. I, I take the one who won then, you know I mean? And to me, that was a black mark on St. Rita. I don't think they're, I don't think Proviso East is better than than St. Rita, but you know what? Come back. You haven't been killing it. Come back. Show have some pride. Show some competitiveness. So, so then, yeah, I know. But then, what's the point of playing if you, they played a game and that team won, and now you don't think they're better? So, what was the point? Because well, that happens all <laughs> that happens that happens all the time. I mean, there's teams that aren't better that beat ranked teams. I mean, it, we wouldn't have rankings then. We just put it to whoever beat whoever beat. Keep rising up. I mean, I, you, you you can't you can't dictate rankings solely on everything on one's wins and losses. I mean, I it's just because you, you should look at any rankings. I just continue to use college sports as an example. I mean, it's that's just it's. I'm idiotic. pretty result nullification clear as long as you go with. Uh... So if Proviso East beat St. Rita in a regular season game, you would you would yes. rank you would rank Proviso East ahead of St. Rita. It, it would depend on resume, but right now it might be pretty close based on resume. Yeah, thank goodness St. Rita has that Brother Rice win. <laughs> That's propping yeah, them up I mean, right now, real was, high. <laughs> I mean, but it was all. I mean, I, I just I, I've just seen enough games where they where they have mattered, you know, and, and a you know a team that gets. I don't, I don't want to talk about I'm done with content. Yeah. I've had to deal with it for two days on Twitter and Facebook. I'm, 
really deeply over consolation. Well, um, I'm I'm a warning. I'm going to give you because when you when we do our our uh, stocks or we do resumes and we go through wins and losses, I know for a fact we throw consolation games. They beat this team. They beat this team. They played this team by lost to them by two, and we have included those games. So I am going to. St- Start asterisking all all of all of the times it's mentioned in the in the future. Well, I asterisk the consolation games in my book. So no, but we talk about it. We talk yeah. about schedule. I mean, strength. it helped for Rizuis ranking this week. I mean, they they don't go to the Maui Invitational and, and that they beat Rita and say we don't count the third place game. It goes towards every ranking in the NCAA tournament seeds. It's just it, it doesn't make any sense to me. If you played sports and you compete and, and you've competed in a, in a sport. You can't tell me you're, you're all right, go on. It just makes no sense to me. What makes but no sense to you? Just to not just dis- disregard all consolation games as if they don't counter matter. It's just, it's just, that's not how it works in sports. Otherwise, like I said, why would the NCAA tournament include any of the consolation games in these NCAA tournament or in the tournaments throughout the regular season? They have five game consolation brackets in the uh, well, okay, but there's a double A Mike, there's a, there's a little bit difference between being one and three at York. It's nine a.m. One and three <laughs> at York. I mean, I, I, there's just some validity to you know. I like Saint. You don't think Saint Lawrence feels pretty good after winning four in a row? Sure, I think they all get to play in the afternoon too. Always a key when you see a team that does the consolation run. You can almost always guarantee they're from that lower part of the bracket <laughs> where they uh, didn't have to play at 8 a.m. on the next day after losing. That's uh, always the rough call. Um, let's, anyway, let's, go, let's go to York. Yeah, good God. We'll start with St. Lawrence. <laughs> at, at York, we'll start with the Constellation work our way up. Well, they're only uh, in the Constellation because York turned uh, – they didn't quite do what they usually do, but York, that was a really nice win for them. They played Bolingbroke good. Uh yeah. The next game, so I might have to. Uh, I do not know much about York still, so showed a little life for this season yeah, for good, sure. Good junior guard they have, and and, and Levine, and 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 I, you know. But anyway, the the story was Rolling Meadows. We talked about it. We've discussed that Rolling Meadows is, you know, I I was a big huge fan of Rolling Meadows. I thought you know whether they ranked sixth or seventh or fifth or fourth in the preseason didn't really matter. They were among the elite teams. And we all believe, I mean, I believe thoroughly that they were going to be there all year long. Um, yet they didn't have a moment to kind of shine yet in this season. Their schedule ramps up with the start of this Jack Tosh tournament, followed by a big showdown with Juliet West this weekend. And they played Brother Rice and they play Evanston they play, and so on. But I, it was how they did it to me that impressed me. They didn't just go win it. They, they, they did it in pretty dominating fashion. A double-digit wins every single game. You mentioned you thought Young had the toughest road at Proviso West. I think Rolling Meadows clearly had the toughest road by playing a really good, solid St. Pat's team in the second round, discarding them by 20. Uh, you know, then they got a, a rematch, which is – if there's one team you don't want to rematch against, it's Phil Ralston and Glenbrook South, and uh, they took care of them. Uh, on to Bolingbroke. 15 point win. And then, I mean, Lions was rolling and really Meadows just did what they wanted, to be honest. Um, so they just have so many weapons. 
and they can create so many mismatches with a six six point guard who's a Big Ten player and a six eight skilled big who is arguably one of the top handful of passing big men that I've watched in twenty five years of 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 doing all this. I mean, Cameron Crutwig stands out as probably the elite passer of all time of, of big men, but Mark Nicholas Wilson is right there with him as far as a somebody who can run an offense through. And then obviously the, the addition of Svet Sodorov, uh, I think Mike and I were going back and forth at pronunciation. Um, he's just a weapon when you have a six, seven, six, eight kid who can just space the floor like that. So yeah, they're rolling. They 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 got to be feeling good. They they be a you know a top five team. No, uh, but that's a good run that they had at York. And again, I don't underestimate Mike. The it's hard. It's hard to play five games in five days. Um, and they 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 rolled, and they did it without a much depth. Um, I didn't look, but somebody was told me they didn't sub in one game, um, which would be pretty wild. And yeah, the closest game was Lumberg South. I think it was like exactly 10 or something. And that was a rematch of a game they already played. And Cam Christie just delivered with the, there's no, Oh, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? He just put up the numbers in every single game on the way to that title, which we didn't see from all of the stars around the area. Yeah. And, and again, from a evaluation standpoint, how he did it, it, you know, I saw two of those games and it's just, just such a high level uh, that he's able to do that in, uh, you know, I, I think lions was probably the the story early on there. And there's still a story because how they play uh, with their pieces warrants them. That, that's that, that's something you can take from week to week, gym to gym, with how they play. And that's why it's going to extend into that very tough West suburban silver, why it's going to, uh, they are going to be a really tough out when, when you get into I mean, they're with Whitney young, I think in the sectional, I believe um, I could be wrong, but yeah, I, I just, I was impressed. Uh, yeah. I, that I, win over Ignatius was one of the, I think one of the bigger wins of the holidays and that wasn't a close game um, no, by any, it, by any yeah. means. I watched it on the, the YSN stream, which I think a lot of fans probably checked out uh, this week. I was in my uh, hotel room watching that one, and I was excited. I thought it was going to be a good game, and kind of wasn't. <laughs> Lions took well, care yeah, of that one, and it was start. it was two teams that were really playing well at the time. So that's yeah. why you know it made them impressive. Uh, you know, I think one thing to keep an eye on there was Lamont, and just kind of you know they came in undefeated. They, you know, but they were lacking. You know, the the quality wins. Uh, they aren't as talented and, and as, you know, last year they kind of snuck up on us and this year with less talent, but the Castillo brothers are, are pretty dynamic, but they got, you know, they got tested. They, 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 they beat a, you know, solid Conant team, uh, and then lost a close one to Bolingbrook. So, you know, they're, they're right there. Uh, I think they lost another, had another quality opponent in a consolation game, uh, that I think. I can't remember if they won or lost, but I, it's all of them gearing up for that showdown with Hillcrest and if they can compete and battle toe to toe with them. And I think even though they didn't get past the, you know, the quarterfinals here, uh, I, I think they did validate a little bit of, of what they're capable of doing. Yeah, because that bowling, the bowling team that's playing now isn't the same bowling team we've had all year. And I think 
Lamont playing them close was good for Lamont and Rolling Meadows handling them so easily showed something too. Bolingbrook has Aries Hall. Now they have Donovan Younger back. So they're, they're fully, you know, fit. They've got everybody. So that that's a little bit different than the Romeoville, sorry, the Bolingbrook team we saw dropping a couple uh, earlier in the month. Um, all right. That's uh, it'll do the Tosh for me. Anything else for you in there? Uh, Connor May, no. Palatine breakout, huh? Yeah, he was terrific. Yeah, he had, yeah. You know, uh, he's a just talked to a couple college coaches yesterday about him. Uh, and I, he's an intriguing junior, a 6'5 junior, can score, shoot it. Uh, and Palatine, I, I was a little surprised at the lopsided Palatine Lions game because I had watched Palatine just, they were up on Yorkville in the game I was watching by 28, I think. Uh, and really looks solid. They're still you know, shorthanded right now with, with, with a key injury that they hope uh, they can get back here in the second half of the season. But <clears throat> I, I was really impressed with Palatine and for the Lions to just, just you know, crush them the way they did. I've been in my 25. So, um, yeah, it, it was I, – I, I, one more note I'll say is, Mike, I, I wasn't a big fan of the 32 teams when it first started. Yeah, I've really kind of grown to like it for being different. And – you know, I could, you know, I could tweak some of the teams and try to get a little bit different flair with, you know, the the the, the type of teams. There's a lot of similarity between a lot of the teams, but uh, with conferences and areas geographically and stuff. But you know, it's it's hard to get 32 teams. But I I just if they could add two three different types of teams from different areas, maybe an out of the area team or a you know a team from the south suburbs or um I I, I like the direction the tournament's going. Yeah, it would have helped if Leo was back. I mean, they were there, but they lost their whole team. True. Uh, yeah, if you had the the Leo team that was expected to yes. be, that, that would have been, been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. So yep. not, not much they could do about that. Nobody who saw all that, that all coming. Um, Pontiac was uh, three days. Boy, the crowd on the first day, I was pretty shocked. Uh, I thought it was a little down the well it was down from the first day for the quarters i think it was still up overall and then we had a really nice crowd for the semis in the title game and the title game that's not always the case recently um we've had some pretty down crowds the pretty late start and especially when it was simeon curie so that didn't happen so crowd wise it was fantastic i know they were way up on the first day by, by a few hundred and uh i guess for me i'll say it was the tournament of nico abusara Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, I watched, you know, them against Joliet Weston Simeon and Nico Abusar was the best athlete on the court in both those games, which, wow. Yeah, I mean, he had the dunk that kind of <laughs> was the individual highlight of the entire holiday tournaments, uh, you know, that was fortunately captured on, on video and different yeah. angles. Yeah, I, I, you know, I he's such an important piece to them because they don't have much size. They, they're not loaded with athletes. He keeps balls alive. He rebounds. He'll block a shot. He'll get deflections. He's got to do all that for them to just to get a little bit of that athleticism. Uh, but Braden Fagbemi is, was, was to me. Uh, and we've talked and written a lot about him recently here, but you know, that one, two punch and then throw Brady Kunkka and, and they're gonna really they're, they're really good i mean they're, they're a really good sound typical fundamental bennett team that is underrated defensively every single year uh the discipline they play with and the and the the 
the problems they cause for teams to in the half court particular. Uh, I mean, they're not extending full court pressure, that kind of stuff, but it's just a, it's a team that people tend to overlook because they don't have all these division one players. Now, Abisara is a Dartmouth recruit going to in the Ivy league, but um, you know, I, to me, I, I love the presence of, of a couple of the point guards and Braden Fagbemi of, of Bennett, who was sensational. And then Jalen Griffith at Simeon, who, you know, is the only player that's not headed to a division one program and, and, and on their starting five. And, you know, if when Caden space is back another division one player, you know, he's another underrated overlooked kid right now, uh, both recruiting wise. I think he should have a little bit more going than he has and just the impact. I mean, I think people that watch them all the time, like you and I do appreciate the presence that he's has for that team, but you know, he's still not a name that, you know, maybe now because he has such a good tournament. He's a leading scorer. Um, so I, I, those two guards, to me, is are why they were worth playing the championship game and, and, and why they set up nicely over the next two months. Yeah, because it was not a – the Rubens weren't bad, but the Rubens weren't, didn't play as good as they usually do right. overall at Pontiac. And I think that better scare the, everybody in Class 3A that the Rubens were just okay. Right and, and yeah, and Griffith and and Sam yeah. Lewis stepped up with probably yeah. some of his best basketball. Yeah, and Caden Space didn't play, so there was no Caden Space, and the Rubens were just all right. And Simeon still won. It's going to be a big uh, week for Jalen Griffith and this college stuff. They've got Simeon is they're on ESPN two on Friday, and then Saturday they're at the um, thing down in what Highland. Mm-hmm. Um, against the Imahotep. I think they play like one of these teams is the number six team or something in the country. Um, so that would be a big, big stage, I guess, is what I'm saying for Jalen Griffith. So it's nice that he's uh playing well headed into that. Well, so they had a huge January, I mean, Simeon. So, um, you know, Carrie, you know, we talked a little bit before the the podcast, just um, you know, they've they, they, they've they've had a nondescript season to a degree. You know, because they, you know, they didn't get to the title game at Pontiac. They didn't, uh, you know, I, I, you're still kind of waiting for them to, you know, they lost to Brother Rice. They they stumbled to, I think they got beat pretty bad, not bad, but double digits by Mount Carmel, I think. So, you know, it's always been kind of, you're waiting for them to go on a run, yet they're still a quality, competitive, high-level team. Uh, and, and they they fared well. I mean, they finished third and, um, you know, beat Juliet West, which you, you can talk a little bit about Juliet West. <laughs> if you'd like. Kiri, uh, it should be like, noted. They, um, without Carlos Harris, um, they only lost to Simeon by nine points. That's mm-hmm. kind of shocking to me, frankly. Um, that they were able to do that without their lead guard. And then they beat Joliet West in that third place game. I, I believe Joliet West didn't have Jeremiah fears after the first few minutes either. So both teams were down uh, a lead guard. So that made it a little, I guess, a little bit more equal, but yeah, to me, it was, a, I'd seen kind of too much of Curie headed into the uh, tournament and they looked like a new team. Uh, I thought Jeremy Harrington and Chicasio Foma kind of woke up and played a lot better and who knows what would have happened in that semi, if Carlos Harris was there, I mean, does he make, a nine point difference. Maybe he does, frankly, uh, against Simeon. I think that could have been, it was already a good game. Curie gave him a battle 
So with Carlos Harris, who knows what would have happened. So I think Curie is one of the teams that leaves the holiday tournaments feeling a lot better than they did headed in for sure. Well, for the simple reason of what Mike Golliver complained about early in the year of that competitiveness and that lack of it. And to, to, to your point of what they did to Simeon or with, with Simeon uh, without arguably their best player, that's just all competitiveness that, you know, they have a familiarity with Simeon and I, I think they, that helps, but um yeah, I mean, to 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 go and compete, go toe to toe, and and then take care of you know Juliet West, and I, I, yeah, it's a it's a nothing but a positive. I, I will also say that I I thought, you know, that Bloom, and again, I'm not trying to get into the constellation thing again, but Pontiac, when you lose that second round game, Mike, you're you're bound to get that super tough second round game at Pontiac. It's probably historically the best second round for years here now. Uh, so a really good good teams get bounced early at Pontiac, and for them to go and you know they took care of I think I don't know who they beat Lockport they beat Plainfield North and then they gave Bennett a real good battle right but yeah. and then they came back and beat New Trier so I mean they came out of their three and one I, my point of what I'm trying to make is Bloom and I did see them earlier in the year but I do think they are better than I personally thought they were when I first saw them I I love their length and kind of the Havoc they create with it uh, on the defensive end. And uh, so it's going to be interesting, Bloom, their progression over the court. Because they lost some, you know, some key pieces too, uh, the Cobbs. Um, you know, and so they've been able to, to you know, like Hillcrest, withstand that. And, and I, I just think that's a, that's a team to kind of keep an eye on in the second half of the season. Yeah, they're a tough one to rank because you know they're good when you see them, they, but they don't really have a win. That new Trier win in the Constellation is the best win they've got. But then you look at who they lost to Hillcrest by three early. They lost to Brother Rice by four in December. And now they got this six-point loss to Bennett. I mean, that's as good a resume as any team in the rankings as far as, you know, with their losses. I mean, that's proof they're right there with three of the best teams. Um, in the area. So yeah, they're, they're a tough one for me to rank. I haven't had many complaints about keeping them high, but um, yeah, they're, they're going to be fun to watch because they do have a, they've got room to improve as Joe was saying. So they're definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, we've put off talking about Julia West. <laughs> Go ahead. A lot of frustration. Um, it, it the, the Bennett game was, um, it was really frustrating. It just seemed like there was a lack of urgency, uh, a lack of, it was, it seemed like Jeremy fears, especially thought that he could win that game whenever he wanted. And he was just waiting. And then sure enough, at the end, he turns it on, gets aggressive, got to the line for like, I don't know, 11 free throws, but it was too late. You know, it's Bennett. Everybody knows you can't mess around with Bennett. You keep it a close game in the fourth quarter. You're not going to beat Bennett. I mean, it's, it, it was just, it was a really, really frustrating game. I guess what I want to ask, I guess you about Joe, I don't know if you'd noticed this, but both Joliet and Simeon went small against Bennett. And I feel like it didn't work for either one of them. I thought it was a really bad move on both sides and it kept Bennett in the game both times. And I thought it was curious that Simeon did it after Joliet West did. And it so clearly backfired. Um, Both teams let Bennett out rebound or rebound right with them when they have significant size advantages. So that was my biggest question in the Joliet game. We didn't get, 
you know, much Matt Moore or, or much Drew King, you know, they might not have started great, but heavily out rebounded really kind of hurt everything. And then I turned around and I watched Simeon do the same thing. You know, the Rubens weren't in much together. Steve Turner didn't play at all. So I thought that was a curious strategy uh, for both teams. You know, I think part of it is, I think I talked about it with you when I sat and watched, you know, I just talked about it a little bit earlier in, the, in just a brief minute ago, you know, you're kind of stuck with when you're playing Bennett, you, you cannot, it is so hard to execute and function in the half court against them. And so you really want to be able to push tempo. You want to be able to create turnovers. The problem is Braden fact, Bemi doesn't turn the ball over. <laughs> he, he handles the pressure. I think he had a, you know, I wrote about he had a four to one assist to turnover ratio in this tournament uh, with mounds of pressure thrown at him. You know, so then, but the other double-edged sword is the other part of it is to to get out in transition, to to get out in the in, in open court, uh, and to beat them up the floor. You gotta, you know, you gotta rebound. You gotta get a defensive rebounds and, and yeah. attack. And um, so you're you're you're, I I, I get that you want to maybe go smaller, play faster, uh, get them out of their comfort zone, wear Bennett down. Uh, but if you're not going to be able to rebound, uh, that that does, you know, hinder that. The, the opportunity to do that. I, I just I go back to Braden Fragmenti. It's just, if he's going to play that way and handle that pressure, because they're not, you know, Nico Abasar is a terrific uh, second, uh, uh, secondary ball handler for them. Um, it, but by and large, Braden Fragmenti is handling that pressure. He played 32 minutes every game, like uh, against what we saw Juliet West throw mm-hmm. at them. What Simeon, you know, I, and, I, I get what you're saying. I just think you're kind of stuck sometimes when you're when you're playing Bennett. Um, but I, I they know. shot poorly. I don't know if anybody looked at Bennett shot really poorly in every game, and yeah, it they, didn't they, matter. They did not shoot threes uh, like they are they have in the past. Um, and the other thing with Bennett, you know, I I mean they did they went to that Arizona trip. So they were down in Arizona for I don't know how many nights. They had the the weather issues of getting back, and they had to play the early game at Pontiac. So they had to go and spend the night the night before. You know, the Pontiac teams that played first thing in the morning come the night before and stay. So they they had those obstacles as well. That's why I, I was really impressed with what Bennett accomplished. Uh, but man, we, you and I had talked about it. We, we, we've expressed it over and over again. Bennett a, a guard play, and Bennett has it with Braden Fagbemi. All right, let's head over to the Dipper. Uh, neither one of us were able to make it over there, unfortunately, but it sounds like they didn't need us. <laughs> it was, um, I think the last two nights, from what I heard, it sold out. A couple of people sent me videos of the huge crowd. Um, I tried to make it down on my way down the night, was the night of the 27th? To that, And, you know, I could have maybe made some of the Hillcrest to sales game, but I don't know. It wasn't that enticing, but turned out to be oddly close. So maybe, I guess I should have stopped by, but um, just a real, to me, I think it was one of the stories of the, of the week, how the Dipper revitalized Dipper, cr- big crowds are back. You know, it was just a solid uptick in teams, but overall it really feels like they have um, kind of found their groove again. And, you know, group of South suburban teams, you know, some city South teams, they're not trying to be, a mini state tournament or anything. And I, I think like York, they know their identity and they're, they're trying to get to the point where York is, where it can be really, really strong again. And that was good to see. Yeah. I mean, the, the big part is just getting the crowds, you know, getting that place humming again. Cause that's, you know, back when it was, 
it was in its heyday. It was a lively place to be. It was, it was, you know, at least for a night, the place to be, you know, and, and to, to have that in the South suburbs for them to rally around is important, but also now, you know, uptick with a couple of additions, you know, uh, to their field of teams, they obviously need to upgrade a little more, uh, maybe, I don't know. It's just kind of a an arms race. <laughs> Some of these holiday tournaments, you know, nabbing this team or that team, and 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 securing this team and this these players, and to put a little bit more oomph in their tournament. And you know, Hillcrest was a favorite going in, as you just said. They had a little tougher time with, with certain opponents, but I just think that's kind of what, to a degree, that's what Hillcrest is going to be about this year. Uh, I don't think they're. They're world beaters, and but they're a really, really solid quality team that is playing well together and playing with some confidence and toughness. So, uh, I, I, yeah, it's a, it's a big plus to have another tournament that's, you know, that's a big plus for the holiday tournament time. Hill, yeah, like as Joe said, Hillcrest did what they should, what we thought they would. Um, probably the biggest winner coming out of here, in my mind, is Perspectives Leadership. They're a team that was ranked, you know, in the bottom of the rankings in the preseason, and they stumbled a little bit at the beginning, but they didn't have their whole team. You know, they've had the Cobbs all year, and they've been waiting to get some of the other transfers back. The big name being, of course, Jakeem Cole, who was one of the best players in the area last year. And if you've been watching their scores over the last few weeks, he was back and he was starting to assert himself. It sounds like he didn't have much luck against Simeon, but since then, He's really started to make an impact, and he really made an impact in this tournament. They knocked off Hyde Park. Perspectives leadership did in the semifinals. You know, that's a conference game there, so that they'll be seeing each other again. That was like a seven-point win for them. And then they gave Hillcrest all they could handle in the final. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Perspectives leadership can keep this going. They've got a big matchup against Lions this weekend. Yeah, they 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 are another team or that's had some – kind of wild scores over the course of the year uh, results, you know, and, and trying to gain some consistency in a program that's never been on, you know, uh, with, with any kind of expectations, you know, they were, I think they were preseason ranked uh, and they've got talent that's had to come together. And, you know, I, I keep going back to Hillcrest, Mike, cause they won the thing. And, and, you know, we talked a lot about Darion Baker the division one big man. We've talked about the importance of Bryce Tillery, a veteran four-year guy at, at point guard. But, you know, one of the games I saw under the radar win for them was, you know, on the road when Oaklawn was playing well and they beat them and, and Quentin Hetty was terrific. And uh, he was yeah. MVP, MVP yeah. of, of yeah. the Dipper. So kind of becoming another key piece to add to those two guys that we've talked about all year. The six, six Quentin Hetty is, is a, is a name to watch. That's really starting to rise. Um, and, and you know, that's just another piece for them as they go forward. It's a good run for the hosts too. Rich made it into the semis. They beat De La Salle and Bishop Noel to get there and uh, gave uh, Hillcrest a nice game in that one. Lou Adams is clearly starting to get what he wants out of those guys. And uh, they're going to be definitely a team. I'm, I'm assuming they're three a, um, oh, maybe believe, not believe, with the combined. So. Yeah. I wonder that'll be, um, Worth checking out. But uh, yeah, all four teams that made the, the semis, I think, can be pretty happy coming away from that one. Um, now we're just going to kind of hit some other ones. Uh, 
Joe spent some time in State Farm, uh, in State Farm, at State Farm in Bloomington. Uh, mentioned a little bit there, but what'd you see uh, down there, Joe? Well, I, you know, I just Sacred Heart Griffin is is one of the elite teams in the state. They're undefeated. They are a state title contender. I mean, they <laughs> the defense they play with and the, and the experience they have of big games and thing. It just showed. Uh, I watched them play Wheaton Warrenville South. You know, Wheaton South is is Wheaton South. Mike Healy is doing a fantastic job with a group that probably talent wise isn't as talented as maybe some of their more successful Wheaton South teams in recent years. But you know, the way it looks, Mike, that that they're setting up to be the number two seed in their sectional. And in a sectional that's not going to be very strong, not very deep, so they can make a run. And the the, the, the obviously the, the big favorite there would be would be uh, Bennett. So it's a long ways off, but getting a look at Wheaton South was good. Uh, they play that funky style that that, that really kind of takes you out of your comfort level, uh, particularly offensively against that ball press that they play. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I saw some. Great young, or not young, great um, prospects in the in the small schools. Ty Pence going to Illinois State, uh, and Cole Serta from Bloomington Central Catholic. I, these guys are putting up massive numbers. This is the quality of competition is different, obviously, than our stars up here are playing against. But nonetheless, they are bona fide. You know, you know, top ten prospects in in their respective classes. Cole Serta, Mike. You'll get a chance to see him, I think, at some point, whether it be in the summer or winter. He is an elite, elite shooter. Six four, six five. He's a three-point uh I don't know how those contests go, but he won some down at the Champagne and the, the, the three-point contest that they do down there. He won small schools or won something. The last year he was the uh <laughs> last year it ever existed. He won one of them. Nice. All right. So <laughs> they canceled uh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that. You know, the, coming out of there, you know, Sacred Heart Griffin, which it's too bad because we had that December 23rd thing all ready to go. Sayonara. Uh, yeah, Jolia yeah. West clearly really needed that game. I, I've wondered a few times over the last few days how much that would have helped them headed into Pontiac. Yeah, and I, I haven't heard anything more about possibly that still taking place. Have mm-hmm. you? Or I don't No, know. I have not. Um. um yeah, that's that's a real shame. Uh, yeah, but they're no, they're they're Sacred Heart Griffins. A doesn't goes without saying. I mean, they're defending state champs with everybody back, uh, but they are better than the the state. You know, sometimes it doesn't come together quite like it did the year before. Yeah, but I, I don't. I mean, they're they're really they got a huge game for for them this weekend. Uh, they played Decatur MacArthur. Decatur MacArthur won Collinsville, I believe, fourteen and zero against. Both teams are undefeated, so that's a huge game in Central Illinois. Yeah, if anybody isn't taking Springfield Sacred Heart Griffin seriously, uh, they should be. Those kids also have won football. They're yeah. the same kids. They're just they a win ton, yeah, everything they play. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. They, they were talking about it at the press conference. They were talking about the defense they played on that last shot. Um, anyway, during the football press conference after winning it, these kids are winners. They are yeah. great athletes. You do not take them lightly at all. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, 
Yeah, it's upsetting that Sayonara thing didn't happen. I think a, a couple of the teams could have really, I think St. Rita could have used that game. Julia West clearly um, heading into the tournaments. But I, I spent uh, just one <laughs> little bit, two hours in an afternoon over at Wheeling. It kind of worked out well for me on my drive from DeKalb back down to York. It was good to stop in there. It was bustling for a uh, 12-15 first day game. You know, it wasn't full or anything, but there were people there. It was lively, Deerfield and Prosser. Enjoyed getting a look at Deerfield. They had a couple of young players that will definitely be uh, on our radar next year. They won that game pretty easily. And that went on to being a title game between Glenbrook North, which we expected, and Libertyville. Well, I think it's I think it's one of the biggest surprises of the holidays. I I know it it was, uh, you know, it it wasn't it didn't get the headlines, maybe that some of these other ones because that we're running around to. But it they won 10 in a row, Libertyville. I thought Glenbrook North was the by far the class of the tournament. They had proven themselves with some wins and uh, you know, the ranking and all that. Uh, but you know, Libertyville started three and three, and now they rattle off ten straight wins. So uh and, and obviously the the signature win being that one over Glenbrook North. Um, we should while we're mentioned teams that put themselves on the radar, Grays Lake Central. Uh, they won Jacobs, had a nice win against um, Crystal Lake South uh, in the championship game, a team I covered. I thought Crystal Lake South was really solid, so I was kind of waiting to see Barrington against them. I thought that's what the title game was going to be. That was going to kind of be my Barrington measuring stick, but it didn't turn out because Grays Lake Central comes through and wins the first ever uh, field of 16 uh, kind of normal bracketed Hinkle Holiday Classic. Yeah, and then you know, and I guess we failed to mention it. We talked about DeKalb real quick, though. We oh, didn't yeah. talk about the end result, and yeah. a little bit of a surprise there. You know, with uh, you know Geneva, uh, they they are hot. They they've won you know seven eight in a row after you know I think they were three and three and three or three and four to start the year. And Geneva's had a great run here the past decade, but uh, you know they rattle off wins against DeKalb and a and a solid Huntley team, so. You know, Geneva in uh, that very, very winnable Duquesne, you know, conference with Wheaton South. So uh, as a team to keep an eye on. And I, and I think the biggest win uh, statement outside the Chicago area was probably Mount Carmel and what they did at Pekin. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been to Pekin in a number of years. I used to go there somewhat regularly really like the tournament at Pekin. It's, it's got that, you know, a, a very familiar feel of, of, of a Pontiac, but uh, I mean, Moline had a lot of hype, two big 10 players. Uh, they're coming to Chicago in a couple of weeks to play Simeon, which will be interesting, but you know, the way Mount Carmel, I didn't watch the game, but I mean, you're joined by the score I, that, that the score was, impressive uh to beat that team 13 points 74 to 61 yeah and you know i I, do you think i feel like mount carmel maybe hasn't maybe their time's coming i don't feel like we've talked a ton about i mean we talked about on the rank type i mean i don't know where, where do you put them in the grand scheme of upper echelon teams real i mean i think i was higher on them than a lot of people the last two years and then that Oaklawn loss, right? First week of the season, 
kind of took some some of the <laughs> some steam out for me but then i saw the uh, and i still don't really know what happened there i know i think a couple guys got hot blah, blah, and oakland's a decent team that's not like some humiliating loss or something oakland's got some good players that are going to play college basketball but the domination against curie you know about two weeks later they beat curie by 15 points yes it was at home but Lee Marks, the HF transfer, 6'5", 6'6", kind of jumping jack guy, has really added a lot to that team. And I, and I think it's taken him – it took him a little while, you know, to kind of get up to speed with his new teammates. And so I think that has definitely elevated them because the, well, the Ciravino brothers are better, and now yeah. they added Lee Marks. Well, and another score that was kind of striking to me was right before the holidays, I think they beat Loyola by 20. Uh, anybody that's followed Loyola over the years yeah. – uh, 22 you yeah you don't you don't you don't beat Loyola by 20 usually uh so yeah and this is a great run a, a big push for them and what's going to be a some really marquee Chicago Catholic League games for Mount Carmel in oh, the yeah, second that, half of the season be fun yeah no yeah. doubt yeah I put Mount Carmel top 10 I think uh, that clearly they deserve you know they don't have the huge I mean Moline is a huge statewide win Curie's a big local win um, but overall, we, we still need to see some more from them. But when you watch them, it, it's really clear um, that they've kind of got it. They're they're a fun watch for sure. And also, Lincoln Way East is about ready to go on a 25-27 win season. I mean, they are, what, 14-1, 15-1? They are 14-1, the only loss, too. LT. It, yeah, looks a yeah. lot better now, only by seven. Like yeah, so season. yeah, you know they're the most out of sight, out of mind ranked team with the glitzy record of anybody out there. Uh, they played in is it Effingham? Effingham Tutopolis. Yes, yes. I mean Tutopolis is a really good small school team. They're I think they're fourteen and two, maybe ranked. Uh, I don't know if they're two A or one A. Anyway, I you know I just you know they drilled every team down there for the most part. They beat Champaign Centennial. I know so. I, I have not seen Lincoln Way East play this year. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Um, At the uh, uh, Team Rose thing. Oh, is it, okay. Who did they beat there? Um, Westinghouse, I think. Um, okay. Pretty solidly. Um, Man, you know, they they got... beat, they, East, they beat. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I liked them coming into the season because of what I saw uh, personnel-wise and in the summer and, and – They've lived up to it. They were, I mean, I, I pumped them up as a team to watch, and I can't remember one of those stories, most improved or something. And it just got a lot of lot of balance and a lot of pieces. Uh, and a lot I, I back from last year. Yeah, George Bellevue's tough inside. They've got an interesting freshman and B.J. Powell. So, yeah, a lot to see there. But there are some really good tests coming up. I think their next two games are like Bloom and Bolingbrook. Um, so yeah. we'll find out a lot. And then one Chicago area one we didn't Mike uh, real quick Kinsdale Central, um, obviously the host school, uh, big moment for them winning their own tournament for the first time. As it's not a long history at Kinsdale Central Holiday Classic, but nonetheless they they, uh, you know the the field of teams was down. Um, even the best teams there were hurting, like DePaul Preps missing Peyton Kamen and uh, McElroy. So I mean. They were down. Oswego East and Hinsel Central met in the final. Ben Ustrabon, MVP, big numbers, a baseball commit going to Michigan. Uh, but Hinsdale Central, for a team that I've seen twice now uh, early on, both at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, 
way different team in in that month period. Yeah, and I think you could I saw the I got there the first day. I saw the second half of Hinsdale Central Oak Forest and then I watched HF and St. Charles East. I, I rarely mention the summer, but Hinsdale Central was one of the teams that caught my eye at RB. You know, no big stars or anything, but I liked the way they played at RB and I kept my eye on them during the season and it was a bit of a crowd there for the Obviously, it was the home team for the Oak Forest game, so that was good to see. But I, I think you can make a case that Hinsdale Central had the toughest road uh, through this tournament, too. You know, they started with Oak Forest, then they had to beat HF, then they had to beat Marion Catholic, and then they had to beat Oswego East in, in the mm-hmm. title game. So they played, like, every good team in the tournament and won. And I think Oosterbahn, probably one of the breakout stars of the uh, of the week. Yeah, um, and, and it makes it interesting to team to watch in that West Suburban yeah. Silver because LT and... and um... Downers Grove North are, you know, Downers Grove North was kind of my team going the preseason LT right there. Uh, now all of a sudden his central is you know, kind of creeped up and, and going to be a, you know, some, some, something to, to, to contend with, with those top two teams. Downers Grove North took care of business in East Aurora, Joe. <laughs> it was uh yeah, that's uh, a nice win for that other local one. Um, Evanston uh, beat Marist in uh that was the semifinals, I believe. And then went to the title game in Centralia where they lost to St. Louis Cardinal Ritter, which I could practically put in our rankings <laughs> based on their schedule. Uh, they're a team that Juliet West beat in overtime. Mm-hmm. I think St. Rita lost to them. Was the, uh... I don't know. They, they've played an awful – Cardinal Ritter has played an awful lot of uh, local teams, and they did, did nip um, Evanston in a close one there. I think, yeah, St. Rita lost in overtime to them. Um, so that's a really good run for Evanston. There's an Evanston team that I don't know, it kind of been up and down, but to get to the final uh, in Centralia and play c- close against a really good Cardinal Ritter team is a nice uh, result for them in Centralia for sure. Centralia gets the award for the one tournament in the state of Illinois that I would actually like to go and see and be a part of for at some point that I never have. Just yeah, a little be, uh... bit too, too long of a trek. Too far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that's uh, uh, what what happened over at uh, Main East. The uh, darn it, I had that up. Um, <laughs> I can't even remember because I think it was kind of interesting. Um, as long as we've got this, uh, hold on, we've got uh, so, oh, so interesting, he forgot Niles West in because right, uh, it was Main East and uh, Main East, the host school got there and. It was a championship game, Niles West Main East at Main East, and went to double overtime. So, yeah, that was a thriller. I mean, without a doubt, yeah, the the title game scores that it was like you know it's after the Pontiac title game. They literally the custodians came over to me and my photographer Alan Cunningham and said the building is yours, which was kind of terrifying. I don't even own a home. I don't need a, a mid sized American high school <laughs> to be in charge of it. And they left, turned off the lights, and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to do this notebook. So I'm going through everything, and every game kept being really good that I was adding to this. You know, the Wheeling final was close. It was like a six point game for Libertyville and a double overtime thriller in Park Ridge, and then like. uh it was, a, I think, a five-point game in Jacobs with the Grays Lake Central win. And then another one, IC Catholic Westmont tournament. Once again, the hosts were in it. IC Catholic gets to the title game against Taft, and it's a one-point game. IC Catholic beats Taft 62-61, to 61, nine wins in a row for the Knights. 
But, uh, I mean, quite a night. The DeKalb game was close, too. Uh, Joe mentioned it was Geneva 43, uh, United 40. So just, yeah, a lot of really fun, close title games. I think the only one, I think Romeoville wasn't able to really hang with SHG, which can't really blame them. But, yeah, what a what a week it was. Just everywhere you looked, there was some great stuff going on. I'm sure everybody listening to this got out to at least see a game or two. And uh, things settled down a little bit this week. We got a big shootout day on Saturday with uh, 7 million games at Hyde Park and uh, 4 or 5 over at DePaul Prep. Some good matchups, and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to a non-shootout game this week. I'm going to go check out Lions and Downers Grove North on Friday. Yeah, I I will also be there. Um, that's uh, I wonder what – I always have a cool blackout game at LT. I wonder if that's the one. Oh, that's right. It's at LT. I get, Okay, good. I don't like Downers North. <laughs> uh, the, the oh, yeah, you're too far away. It's yeah, exactly. Weird. Yeah, you're like yeah. – and they, they do a nice job with the media, though. They usually have a nice yeah, media table, table set up. Yeah, yeah, but the fans are way behind you. Right. And it's not great. So, oh, wow. I, the Lion, the Lions, Jim, I'm sure everybody knows is awesome. So, uh, yep. 6 30 yeah. on Friday night. That will be fantastic. Um, going to go see uh, Glenbard North and Hoffman Estates tonight, Joe. Have not, hmm. uh, haven't been in that Glenbard North gym since oh, uh, Justin I'm... Jackson. Was it that? Do team? you know? I, I can't, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and then, like, he's going to shoot that. The, the, the shootouts on Saturday, your uh, Joliet West, <sighs> Rolling Meadows, big one. Jeremy Fears, Cameron Christie, uh, and then Brother Rice, Bolingbrook is that one. All the games there are good, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Ignatius, yeah. Glenbrook North or something? Or? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Ignatius, um, Glenbrook North, DePaul, and Lake Forest. And perspective leadership, we talked about Downers North is oh Bloom Kenwood. Those two are both over at Hyde Park. And then the high and then the Highland shootout. This is yes, so. yeah. And uh, we're actually going to have uh, Simeon is over in Laporte, uh, playing at that really cool thing you've probably seen on ESPN too. If you're a high school basketball junkie, they got like a Civic Center in Laporte. It's awesome looking. It's like when, a when? bigger version of Evanston's gym. When are they there? Friday night. Um, oh, it, they go there Friday night and then to Highland, Highland on, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Ooh. Friday night they're playing Indianapolis Cathedral, who's got a really good player going to Michigan State, and it's going to be televised. It's on ESPN two, and it's early, five or six. Yeah, okay. um, that'll be, we're gonna Mike Clark's going to be over there, so we're actually going to have some coverage of that. Oh, so, I just I says on on Jack Gleason's it says four o'clock Eastern. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with time zones in Laporte. When I when you go to Indiana, I get pretty confused about what huh. time it is. <laughs> so maybe it's, but you can tape it. I would uh, get on your ESPN and set that recording because I, I figure I'll go see Lions and DGN and record that one and watch it because that'll be a huge test for Simeon. Huge weekend for Simeon. Huge weekend actually for a lot of teams um, in the kind of upper echelons of the rankings. So we, we could have some serious movement uh, in the Super 25 next time we talk. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will be back at you next week.